Star Wars 7x7, episode 602. Today we are looking at the third of four of the Journey to the Force Awakens books that we will be looking at for clues after the fact about The Force Awakens. This one is Moving Target, the Princess Leia adventure. Punch it, Chewie. Hey there, this is Tim McMahon, Alan's co-host from the Expanded Comicverse podcast. But hey, you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, a daily Star Wars podcast, seven minutes a day, seven days a week. How awesome is that? Hey, Rebel Rouser. Welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod, and I did say the third of four at the outset of this podcast of books from the journey to The Force Awakens. The fourth one is Lost Stars by Claudia Gray, which is a bit of a longer read. I've got (laughs) to take a little time to get through that one. But we are covering Moving Target today, which is the Princess Leia adventure and one of the three books that focus on original trilogy characters, along with Smuggler's Run and Weapon of a Jedi. Now, Moving Target, just to give you the brief overview, is a story that takes place in between Empire and Jedi, and it is about a mission that Princess Leia leads to distract the Empire from the fleet massing near Sullust. It's ostensibly supposed to be a recruiting mission to bring more worlds on board with the Empire, but the real mission which she has to deceive a bunch of people about is the fact that she's trying to draw the Empire further and further away from Sullust where the Rebel fleet is gathering. And there are a couple of characters that appear from The Force Awakens, one of them being Nian Num, and the other one being Major Emat, now uh, Lieutenant Emat in the novel itself, so hadn't been promoted to Major as of yet. And Emat, of course, we saw in Smuggler's Run, in addition to him being in this one and in The Force Awakens. Nian Num, though, was in Return of the Jedi, so I find it hard to actually say that he's a Force Awakens clue. I mean, I guess he kind of is, but really it's Emat and Nian Num are the only ones that tie into The Force Awakens as part of the actual novel itself. However, there are bookends, just like there are for Weapon of a Jedi and for Smuggler's Run, that go on either side. It's one story that goes, you know, split in half on either side of the novel. And this one involves Princess Leia, and she's being asked to start writing her memoirs. Now, I'd like to think that this is kind of premature for them to be asking her to write her memoirs, and this is taking place as this little uh, interlude bookend thing is happening very soon before the events of The Force Awakens. So it's not as though she's necessarily thinking of retirement as far as we can tell from the events of The Force Awakens. It's not like she's itching to give up the fight or anything like that, and yet she's being asked to start considering the writing of her memoirs by PZ4CO, or PZ for short, which is a new droid from The Force Awakens, and so that's also a bit of a new Force Awakens introduction. But possibly the most interesting thing about it, and had I read this in September, I think this would have been the most intriguing one of all three of these novels to me for leading up to The Force Awakens. Most interesting of all is the part at the end, and I think we're, what, October, November, December, January, February? (laughs) We're more than five months past the release of the book, so I think spoiler alerts are off at this point. But there's mention of Poe Dameron in the ending of this book. Major Emat comes in, and Leia starts talking to him briefly about Poe Dameron, and Emat comes and says, we're awaiting you in the command center to Princess Leia. She's asked, is there news from Jakku? And, yeah, the implication being that Poe is off on a mission on Jakku. So, wow, this is happening literally like days, if not hours, before the beginning of The Force Awakens, this little uh, book-ended story. So that by itself is really rather awesome, even after the fact. And 
you know, as far as the novel itself goes, I got to thinking about this, especially in light of the conversation about Smuggler's Run and in particular about Chewie getting his medal. We talked about that both in 599 and in 601. But in Moving Target, there are a lot of different species represented, and Leia's crew is made up by representatives of multiple species on this mission. And when you go back and you think about it, Star Wars and The Empire Strikes Back, there were no aliens involved in any of the Rebel Alliance, with the exception of Chewbacca. I mean, that entire, as far as you could see in the <laughs> in the throne room scene at the end, it was all human beings that were standing at attention during the medal ceremony, and all you saw were humans running around, aside from droids, of course, uh, <laughs> on the Rebel base on Yavin in the you know lead-up and during and the aftermath of the Battle of the Death Star. And it's the same thing in Empire. Chewie is the only non-human character on the side of the Rebel Alliance in that movie. Return of the Jedi was an altogether different story. And that's one of the things that I always liked very much about Return of the Jedi was that it wasn't just humans that were fighting in the Rebel Alliance. It was also all these other planets and all these other aliens that were involved in it too. And so the fact that Moving Target has a number of different alien species getting involved with Princess Leia on this mission gives it more of a Return of the Jedi vibe, I guess, for lack of a better way of putting it. It seems more connected to that film than it does to Empire. And I particularly enjoyed that aspect of it. And I'd love to hear what you thought about Moving Target if you read it. Chime in at the comments at the blog post for this show's episode at sw7x7.com. Oh, oh, yeah, and regarding the connection to Return of the Jedi, let me not forget to tell you, and again, it's been five months, so spoiler alerts are off, but if you want to hear the story about how the Rebel Alliance acquired the shuttle Tidarium, well, this is the book to read it in. I thought that was an especially neat touch. Hey, Rebel Rouser. You're listening to this podcast, maybe you'd like to listen to a Star Wars story too. Luckily, we've got just the thing for you. We've partnered with Audible to give you a free download and a free 30-day trial of their awesome service. All you got to do is go to audibletrial.com SW7X7 to sign up and get your free download. They've got dozens of Star Wars titles, anything you want to do to explore that galaxy far, far away. One more time for you, audibletrial.com SW7X7. All right, it's time for a dose of trivia for you. Listen, I've had a pretty messed up day. Last time we asked you how many portions Unkar Plutt offered to Ray in exchange for BB-8, and that was 60, 60. Today's question, what kind of drive does BB-8 have? Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you fire at will, Commander, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And we'd be spectacularly grateful if you put a little something in the tip jar at patreon.com sw7x7. It's not just fully armed and operational, it's destiny unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It's intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2016 Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.